It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is September 24th, 2018. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Yeah. assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh and in fact he was absolutely right except <laughs> this woman is out there where the buses don't run and her story is so ludicrous that no not even the Democrats are going for it not even the, the most liberal of liberal media believes what this woman has to say or puts any credence in it whatsoever. This whole thing is really imploding, and it's so embarrassing. I mean, seriously, it's it's seriously embarrassing because it because of the transparency of it all. Because the thing is, the Democrats, 
I mean, they're willing to risk the good name of Judge Kavanaugh uh, for all time. Um, he's got children. He has a wife, a beautiful wife, a, a loving wife, and he's got he's got beautiful children, and and their good names, no matter what happens after this, will be tainted forever. But you see, the Democrats don't care about that because they believe, and I I believe that they believe that what they're doing is noble and just. Because this isn't about Judge Kavanaugh and the rights of women to be heard and to be believed. Because were that the case, then Paula Jones would have been heard and believed when it came to Bill Clinton. And the gentleman who who's running for attorney general in Minnesota who just two years ago allegedly abused his girlfriend and assaulted her and beat her up and abused her. The Democrats have been mum on that, and she stated that her fellow Democrats have abandoned her because Keith Ellison is more important than she is, and her right to be believed, it's... uh, Well, it's inconvenient. But this isn't about Judge Kavanaugh. And it's not about women. And it's not about a woman's right to be believed. This is about a woman's right to choose. This is about abortion rights. And it is strongly believed on the left that Judge Kavanaugh, if he succeeds in being appointed to the Supreme Court, that he will assist in overturning Roe versus Wade. And so the Democrats will do whatever it takes to see that he doesn't ascend to the bench. And they'll run out the clock so that if they retake the House and the Senate, that Trump's nominees won't get through. And that's what this is really all about. But Well, before we really get into this, I want to get into something else, another tragedy that has occurred today. You know, I grew up idolizing one Bill Cosby. I grew up listening to his records, his comedy albums, you know, when we were kids on a Friday or Saturday night, my dad would gather the family around in the living room mom my brothers my brother Rico my sisters Tally, Tammy, Denny and me and we'd sit in the living room and we'd listen to an album together and that album or a series of albums rather we had was Bill Cosby and uh, we'd listen to Bill Cosby albums in the living room. No TV on. No, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have tablets. We would just sit and listen and laugh. And we're talking about a whole album, both sides. If any of you still remember what an album look like, looks like. Yes. And... A lot of people don't know that Bill Cosby was the first black actor, and I I really don't put a lot of stock into the first of anything, especially in these uh, in this regard, and and, 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 you know, in terms terms of um, the entertainment industry. But Bill Cosby was the first black actor to. Star, co-star rather, in a uh, in a television series, and uh, that was I Spy. And so I have been, and still am, a big fan of Bill Cosby. He's part of my 
my upbringing. And who could forget the Fat Albert show where there were lots of life lessons to be learned with each episode. So today was um, sentencing. And um, despite heartfelt pleas in uh, victim impact statements and sharp words from lawyers on both sides, Bill Cosby will see the inside of a prison cell for the 2004 rape of Andrea Constant. And he'll spend mm, a little less than, than three years in prison. Now, the judge in the Cosby criminal case told a Pennsylvania courtroom these facts Monday. So, now, Constant has stated, and I quote, All I'm asking for is justice as the court sees it. Hmm. Justice. I suppose Bill Cosby will never see the inside of a prison cell. And I suspect that justice, in this case, the most devastating justice that he could receive at 81 years old is the taint of his reputation his integrity, his honor, if he in fact had any. So just to recap, in April, Cosby was found guilty of three counts of aggravated indecent assault. Now, each count carries a maximum sentence of 10 years. The 81-year-old actor, 81, mind you, could have been hit with three with a three-decade sentence behind bars. He's currently under house arrest and out on $1 million bail. Now, of course, justice would not be to sentence Cosby to 30 years in prison because even if he takes really good care of himself, most likely he won't live that long. So I suspect that there will be appeals and Cosby will remain out on house arrest for quite some time. But that's what's going on right here in terms of Bill Cosby's uh, situation. And it's sad. I mean, it really is sad because, you know, just a few years back I had um, purchased all of the I Spy seasons before this whole thing came about. And so it's a sad day for what I believe is and was, of course, a very proud man. So, let's get back to the matter at hand. Now, Mitch McConnell the ranking member of the U.S. Senate, has said that Kavanaugh will get an up or down vote. And that's a good thing. Because what's being said here is a very dangerous precedence. Because if this game of chicken is successful on the Democrats' part, then and and. Kavanaugh withdraws, or his name is withdrawn, then that sets the precedent that, well, any nominee that the Republicans, and even if the Democrats put forth, all one really has to do is find a woman who can be bought in to your way of thinking, your ideology, and have her say that, issue some vague statement that some years ago you know the nominee slapped her on the butt or said she was pretty or sexually assaulted her and all she has to do is say it doesn't, doesn't have to necessarily be true all she has to do is say it 
And that's the end of that. So the Republicans cannot give up on Kavanaugh. Because if they do, they're losing in the game of chicken. Now, earlier I alluded to uh, Keith Ellison. Now, let's talk about Ellison for just a moment. Because here's the double standard. But we already know the reasons why this attack is occurring. We already know why, but we're going to go we're going to just wink, wink and nod at this. Now, the Daily Callers, Stephanie Hamill spoke to people who were protesting Supreme Court nominee Judge Brett Kavanaugh over a sexual assault allegation to see if there was also outrage over the accusations against Representative Keith Ellison of Minnesota. Ellison, of course, a Democrat, the deputy chair of the Democrat National Committee, and a candidate for Minnesota Attorney General, is facing accusations from his ex-girlfriend, Karen Monahan, who says that Ellison assaulted and harassed her. Now, some have pointed out that many Democrats immediately accepted the claims of Christine Balzi Ford, who says she was sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh more than 35 years ago. But they apparently don't believe Monaghan's claims of physical and emotional abuse at the hands of Ellison. Hamill interviewed several Kavanaugh protesters at the Hart Senate office building in Washington, D.C., just on, on Thursday of last week. And some refused to denounce Ellison, while others outright ignored questions about the congressman. Hmm. I wonder why. It's because, I think it's for two reasons. Number one, Ellison is immaterial. You know, he's running for Attorney General of Minnesota. Nobody really cares. Uh, especially if Ellison's girl, Karen Monahan, is black. He's black. Nobody cares if two blacks, you know, if a black man assaults a, a, a black woman, I guess. And Ellison is of, uh, well, he's unimportant. But he is a Democrat. And women should be believed if they make accusations, according to Democrats. Women should be heard. Women should be allowed to tell their story, right? Well, I guess she's told hers. Now, earlier this evening, Brett Kavanaugh and his wife Ashley spoke with our own Martha McCallum. And wow, it was pretty good, pretty illuminating. So, what do you think about all this? kind of crazy, isn't it? So, while Democrats and the public holler to each other about who's lying in this 11th hour sexual abuse charge, seeking to shoot down the Supreme Court nomination of Brett Kavanaugh, and the Drudge Report headlines it as he said, she said case, which is what it is, what stands out is that the two sides, the two sides in this aren't equal at all. It's amazing how much how much careful hedging against perjury charges Kavanaugh's accusers have taken, in contrast with Kavanaugh's defenders. Christine Balzi Ford set off a few red flags from the beginning, from the very beginning, from the get-go. Not only because of her, because of first her insistence on anonymity in making the charges, then her vague recall of critical details such as when the incident was and how she got there. And finally, her lawyer's crazy conditions for her client to testify before the Senate, such as insisting that only male Senate members ask questions. 
and that Kavanaugh speak first. And lots of time to set up the Senate hearing due to the Hawaii commuting professor's sudden disclosure that she suffers from a fear of flying. Alongside her false claim that the Senate insists she sit at the same table as Kavanaugh as she made her charges, which, like I said, is false. Now, all of these things could be called small perjury hedges. Her defenders might argue that those aren't hedges at all. There is a big one. The fact that she sent her letter accusing Kavanaugh to Representative Anna Inso, who sits in a House seat of no importance to the Senate confirmation. And she didn't, she didn't send it to Senator Dianne Feinstein, who sits in a Senate seat of significant importance. Now, why would she have done that? Well, because sending a letter to Enzo and hoping it stays anonymous means it's not under oath. Because Enzo is of no importance to the matter. Now, sending it to Feinstein means that it is under oath because it's sent as evidence for a case. Now it looks like a perjury hedge. Now, nobody can get her on a Robert Mueller-style lying-to-the-investigator rap if the charges don't pan out, given that she sent her letter to Enzo. And what's more, Feinstein, who has the letter now, doesn't want to release it into the testimony pile. Why do you think that is? Because it's evidence. And if Ford is lying, then she's in a little bit of trouble. Because what is going to happen Thursday, if it happens at all, is very similar to a court of law. Now, some have said, and you've probably heard this on the news, that this is not a court of law. Yeah, it is. Lying to the Senate is tantamount to perjury. You can go to jail for that. When one testifies before the Senate, one testifies under oath. And what will happen on Thursday, if it happens, some are saying she won't show. Rush Limbaugh says she won't show. It's not going to happen. Rush is usually right, so let's find out. But let's move on to this new accuser. Now, in the case of the second accuser, Deborah Ramirez, who is a student at Yale and claims that Kavanaugh exposed himself to her, we have the same perjury hedge dynamic. She's spoken only to the press and in the wake of intense solicitation from all parts, or from those parts, rather, and she's on stage, one of Ford's style of accusations. Lots of hazy, indistinct memories that she became sure of only just recently. Muddled memories. Certainly came to read any way. So it certainly can be read any way a person wants them to be read. They're also a convenient hedge against perjury, since a defense team can't come up with penned details to refute them. Yet, everyone else in this confirmation drama is testifying under oath and telling lawmen to haul them away to jail if they aren't telling the truth. Does this really need to be continued, y'all? Really? We all know this for what it is. 
can't, I mean, let me tell you a little story. It's a personal story. Some years back, I had a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. It's true. And she was out there where the buses don't run. So after a few months, I called a halt to it. I was on active duty at the time, and I was um, about to be stationed elsewhere in Japan, as a matter of fact, on Okinawa. So, after the relationship ended, oh, oh it took about about a month, I think. I got a I got a call, a phone call, from a JAG officer who stated that a sheriff was on base and asking where I could be found. Well, inquiries were made, and the sheriff uh, informed the JAG officer that there had been a restraining order issued against me, charging me with, what's that thing? Stalking, telephonically, and oddly enough, I, w I was following the lady, and she had seen my car in the grocery store area where she shopped, and she said she'd seen my car at other places within the last couple of weeks, and she feared that I was stalking her. Well... This all came of news to me, and certainly it came, it was perplexing to the JAG officer. And later, even more so to the sheriff, because I couldn't have been in any of those places or made any of those calls that the woman testified to when she went to get to court. She actually had, you have to have to go into court and tell a judge what's going on. And the judge will issue his order. And you're telling the judge these things under oath. And so she went and told these things to a judge in a court of law in a courtroom. And the judge took sympathy on her and as I was not there to refute her claims, a restraining order was issued against me. But here's the problem. Herein lies the rub. I was more than 3,000 miles away on the island of Okinawa. I couldn't have been anywhere near that woman. And I certainly couldn't have made the calls from Okinawa. As during the time period that she stated I was making these calls and following her, I was out in the field where there are no phones. And we didn't have cell phones at that time. And so the JAG officer understood because he ascertained my whereabouts in the first place. He knew exactly where I was. And so he set about writing this wrong on my behalf. Now, it took him six months to convince the same judge that I wasn't there, that I couldn't have stalked this person because I was out of the country and more than 3,000 miles away. The judge took his sweet time before finally dismissing the charge and threatening to arrest the woman for falsely claiming that she had been stalked. But here's the thing. If I'm if if my record is ever looked into, 
that stalking charge will still be there. Unless I have it removed from my permanent record, it's still there. And the details of it are still there. Even though I was falsely accused and there was no way on God's green earth that I could have done what this woman said that I did, the record of it still exists somewhere. So we risk a slippery slope when a person makes an accusation against another person and you know fully well that the accusation is false. Well, the person making the accusation knows it's false. We live in a crazy world, folks. And it's just getting crazier all the time. Me Too. The Me Too movement. It happened to me. It happened to me too. Now, we saw all of this come into play in the 80s. When Oprah Winfrey came out. No, she didn't come out. We already know she's out now. But she came out when she stated that like an uncle or somebody like that had sexually abused her, something like that. I don't know the details anymore. And when she came out and stated that she had been sexually molested by an uncle or a cousin or something like that, it touched off a domino effect. In the entertainment industry, where everybody and their mamas came out and said, yep, I was sexually molested too by my great-great-grandfather, and I was sexually molested by my brother, and I was sexually molested by my cousin, and that then it just touched off a firestorm of folks coming out, saying that they had been molested by somebody. And these were all famous people. Me too. Everybody's claiming to have been sexually molested or assaulted by somebody. Not long ago, a woman claimed that she was sexually molested, or no, sexually assaulted, by George Bush Sr., Herbert Walker, 91 years old. In a wheelchair, she said he patted her fanny and called her honey. And she reported it to the papers, not to the cops, not to the appropriate authorities, which she shouldn't have done anyway, she was even thinking, but she reported it to the news. And she was hailed as being courageous for reporting that she was assaulted by a 91-year-old man in a wheelchair. He to- Oh, he told a dirty joke, too. He did that. And he patted her on the fanny and called her honey. And for that, she needs counseling. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I am a victim of child sexual abuse. I was sexually abused from age 3 to age 17. My stepfather was my abuser, and he always threatened that he would kill my mother if I ever told anyone. So I lived in constant fear. Georgia needs Marcy's Law because Georgia is actually a predator-friendly state. Marcy's Law is so important because it would help victims to have equal rights. Our lawmakers have a duty to the victims of this state to pass Marcy's Law.
As I said last night, I've heard he's a nice person. But this is a political tactic designed to prevent the president from putting his nominee on the court. Why are Republicans in the Congress playing along with this? Um, I think some of them, and this is, this is the only thing that I think makes it dangerous for Republicans, for Kavanaugh and for the Republic, because there are certain Republicans in the Senate who so hate Trump. Um, right. They would put their egos above the good of the country. And, and what so many Republicans said about voting, and every four years say about voting for any Republican, we have to do it for the Supreme Court nominees. No, maybe not for Ben Sass. Um, maybe not for, for Senator Bob Corker. Um, they just so hate Trump. That could end up hurting, hurting Kavanaugh. But I, I think your point that um, if they get away with this, there's, then you have CNN running the country. It's not even just the Democrats running the country. It's the media running the country because this allegation could be made against anyone at any time, absolutely non-disprovable. Um, the... Um, the New York Times, I, I, I wanted to mention, um, you're, since you cited Teddy Kennedy, one of the great things in the New York Times uh, editorial on this case was to say that things were totally different in the 1980s. That's why this woman, um, Dr. Ford, didn't report it at the time. Because you remember the 1980s, Tucker. You used to be able to, there was sexual assault like mad every place. Um, their proof of this, that women weren't taken seriously in the 1980s, was to link to an article in the Washington Post citing the New York Times treatments of the accuser of William Kennedy Smith. So, yes, the Kennedys, they've always had free reign to rape, murder, and the New York Times would go after the accusers. But that's really what the division is here. This isn't a new thing. Um, as long as you are a, a presumed white male Republican, whether it's the Duke Lacrosse case or, oh, that dastardly Haven Monahan um, in the Rolling Stone story about the frat boys gang raping the gal, the whole thing yep. turned out to be fake. There is no Haven Monahan. Um, or now a lot of the, the statements about Brett Kavanaugh, like from Krugman, oh, he's smirking, um, and a lot on Twitter and elsewhere. Oh, he's a white male, is white privilege. If you fit the narrative, you are guilty, and there is no coming back from that. And it's not just Democrats and the media running the country. It's any white male can be accused with an evidence-free accusation Well, you shouldn't like judge this. people on the basis of their immutable characteristics, period. So I don't know why the leftists all say that. Ann Coulter, thank you. It's great to see you tonight. Thank you. Uh, so that's my ex-girlfriend. That's my ex-ex-girlfriend. Uh, that's my ex-ex-ex-girlfriend. But I still got space for that special someone. Dating can feel uncomfortable. Your clothes shouldn't. Cotton, the fabric of our lives. I am looking for a fair process, a process where I can defend my integrity and clear my name. And all I'm asking for is fairness and that I be heard in this process. Ashley, what has this been like for you the past couple of weeks? I know you've had death threats and all kinds of things coming your way. What, what, how does that feel? This process is incredibly difficult, um, harder than we imagined. And we imagined it might be hard. But um, at the end of the day, our faith is strong. And we know that we're on the right path. And we're just going to stick to it. So let's, let's get into some of these allegations, because you've responded to them in statements. But you haven't had a chance to respond them, mm -hmm. to them in a, in a fuller way. And Christine Ford is expected to testify on Thursday that you at a party in high school, pinned her to a bed, held your hand over her mouth. She said she was afraid that she could inadvertently be killed at that moment. Uh, she says that you tried to take off her clothes and she believes that you would have raped her if Mark Judge hadn't climbed on top and everyone tumbled to the floor and then she had an opportunity to get away. Now, she doesn't remember the date and she doesn't remember the place, but what she does remember that I just detailed is very specific. And other assault victims say that they've had similar memories where they remembered exactly what happened but they didn't necessarily remember the events surrounding it you have categorically denied that this happened did anything happen no i've never sexually assaulted anyone not in high school not ever uh, i've always treated women with dignity and respect 
Uh, listen to the people who've known me best through my whole life, the women who've known me since high school, the 65 who overnight signed a letter from high school saying I always treated them with dignity and respect. But with regard this to is Christine a, Ford, do you know her? I, I may have met her. We did not travel in the same social circles. She was not a friend, not someone I knew. You don't remember ever being at parties with her ever? I do not. And this is an allegation about a party in the summer of 1982 at a house near Connecticut Avenue and East West Highway with five people present. I was never at any such party. The other people who are alleged to be present have said they do not remember any such party. A woman who was present, another woman who was present, who is Dr. Ford's lifelong friend, Leland. has said she doesn't know me and never remembers being at a party with me at any time in her life. All I'm asking for is a fair process where I can be heard. And to this date, no one has corroborated the story that she has told, as you accurately point out. But is there, so there's no chance that there was something between the two of you that maybe she misunderstood the exchange that you had, nothing ever physical, you never met her, never kissed her, never touched her, nothing that you remember. Correct. I, I have never had any sexual or physical activity with Dr. Ford. I've never sexually assaulted anyone in high school or otherwise. So where do you think this is coming from? Why would she make this up? What I know is the truth. And the truth is I've never sexually assaulted anyone in high school or otherwise. I am not questioning and have not questioned that perhaps Dr. Ford at some point in her life was sexually assaulted by someone in some place. But what I know is I've never sexually assaulted anyone in high school or at any time So when in my she life. says there's no doubt in her mind that it was you, because she was asked that, is it possible that you maybe confused him, maybe it's mistaken identity, maybe it was someone else, she said absolutely not. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. I was not at the party described. I was not anywhere at any place resembling that in the summer of 1982. The other people alleged to be there don't say anything like that. And the woman who's alleged to be there, who's her friend, says that she doesn't know me and doesn't recall right. ever being at a party with me in her life. So let me ask Ashley, when this came out, um, what did you say to your husband? Did you question him and, and have moments where you wondered if he was telling you the truth? No. I mean, I know Fred. I've known him for 17 years. And this is not at all character. It, it, it's really hard to believe. He's decent. He's kind. Good, I know his heart. This is not consistent with with Brad. So now, over the weekend, you've got new allegations, and obviously, these other allegations—they say that they are standing up, basically, in support of Christine Ford. That they wouldn't have come forward otherwise, um, but they don't want her to be made out to look like a liar. And Deborah Ramirez was a freshman at Yale. She says she was at a dorm party, and this happened. Quote. Brett was laughing. I can still see his face and his hips coming forward like when you pull up your pants. I'm confident about the pants coming up, and I'm confident about Brett being there. She was initially uncertain it was you, they write in this piece, but after six days, she's confident enough, she says. Should the American people view her as credible? I never did any such thing. Never did any such thing. The other people alleged to be there don't recall any such thing. If such a thing had happened, it would have been the talk of campus. The women I knew in college and the men I knew in college says it's inconceivable that I could have done such a thing. And the New York Times has reported that just last week, the person making the accusation was calling other classmates saying she was not sure that I had done this. Again, again, just asking for a fair process where I can... All right. Do you believe him? Is he credible? Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. One would think that even after 30 years, 36 plus years, that there would be other people other than these two who would remember such a thing happening. And who would corroborate 
Miss Ford's story. Any other woman. Somebody. But no one. No one has come forward. Who's stepped forward to say that, yes, I was there. Kavanaugh was there. In fact, everyone is saying the opposite. That he was not there. They don't recall any such incident ever happening. If these two were actually in a court of law, in a criminal court, in a criminal trial, this case would be dismissed. In fact, it would never have been brought. Charges would never have been filed. But that's not what this is about, is it? No, what this is about is a woman making an accusation. And because she's made an accusation, she is to be believed. Because it's been said by liberals that if you don't believe her, then other women won't want to come forward when they've been attacked and assaulted. Because therefore they'll be afraid they won't be believed. Well, okay. Okay, I can see that. But still, the charges must be substantiated. You simply can't make charges and not substantiate those charges. These are very serious allegations, and they must be corroborated and substantiated. And if they're not, then... Honestly, they're not to be believed. They're not to be taken seriously anymore. And this is the silly this is the silliness of it because we all know what this is really all about, as I've stated earlier. This is not about Brett Kavanaugh and and and, and the honor and virtue of women. Oh, and by the way, uh, Blasey Ford's um Blasey Ford's um yearbook has been scrubbed from every place. Facebook, everywhere else. It, it was out there until about three weeks ago, a month ago. One enterprising person went ahead and took screenshots of her her her, uh, her her yearbook because he suspected that it might be removed. And, and there was good reason for that because... Balzi Ford, in her yearbook, speaks to drunken parties where she doesn't remember a damn thing and where there was all sorts of shenanigans going on. So that had to be removed <laughs> because if she's engaging in all sorts of risque behavior... And getting drunk all the time and not remembering what the hell is going on, and that's put out into the public purview, then, of course, her story goes all to hell. So, guess what? Her Facebook, um, her yearbook pages were removed. But, like I said, one very smart man made some copies did some screenshots. So we get a look at this angel of a woman, a virtuous woman, who was a bit of a skank in high school. But why try to hide that? Four supposed witnesses identified by Christine Christine. Balzi Ford in her accusations against Brett Kavanaugh have all refused to corroborate her account of the events from 36 plus years ago, y'all. In letters to the Senate Judiciary Committee, Mark Judge, Patrick Smith, and now Leland Immigrant Keyser have all denied any memory of the party Ford describes, much less any sort of assault. (sighs) 
Now, it's important because I touched on this earlier. It's important to note that under 18 U.S.C. 1001, letters to the Judiciary Committee are subject to criminal penalty if false. You want to know what the law states? Or here it is. Like here, here, go. However, in any matter within the jurisdiction of the executive legislature or judicial branch of the government of the United States, knowingly and willingly makes any materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent statement or representation, or makes or uses any false writing or document knowing the same to contain any materially false fictitious <laughs> fictitious or fraudulent statement or entry shall be fined under this title imprisoned not more than five years. So this is one of the reasons why Ford sent her letter to an insignificant member of Congress who forwarded it to Diane Feinstein. Because now the chain of custody and all that, well, it's not there, isn't it? Very clever. It seems that somehow Miss Ford may have been made aware of such potential penalties because we now find out, as I stated earlier, Ford sent her accusing letter not to Feinstein, but to Representative Anna G. Enshaw. Huh. Now, Enshaw said she met with Ford at her district office for about an hour and a half. Over the summer, while Ford described her alleged encounter with Kavanaugh in the early 1980s, she alleges Kavanaugh pinned her down, groped her on a bed at a party while the two were in high school. <sighs> Folks, I want to be real with you right now. Kavanaugh has strenuously denied ever doing so and has said he is willing to testify publicly and defend himself. This is not about me, but I'm going to say this right here and now. If someone comes out and says that I pinned down a woman and groped her on a bed at a party... When I was in high school, it's most likely very true and factual, as it would be with my best friend John Anderson Jr. and Richard Huff, and maybe more than a third of every single male in Finger Academy and other schools, Corliss, Cooley High, uh, 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 every school in the Chicago area, we have, <laughs> I suspect that a great many of us have pinned a young lady down and groped or fondled her in some way or another. And guess what? They kind of liked it, but maybe not so much now. If I ever ran for Congress, I probably would have to come out, but... Wow, this is high school we're talking about. Kavanaugh says he didn't do this, and I believe him. He seems too white-bred to have done anything like that. But that being aside, he, this is high school. I, I can still remember some of the girls I dated in high school and some of the Things they did. And I'm talking in the 70s. The mid-70s. I remember a time back behind the bleachers and the football field. And I don't even want to... Oh, wow. Yeah, those were... I mean, the memories are great. But, I mean, if it ever came out... Hmm. This is high school, folks. Let's say he did any of that. Hasn't he lived an exemplary life to this point? Isn't he a good man? 
let's just take him at face value. He's he's not someone who spent some time in prison or who it has uh, 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 Kennedy accusations leveled against him for years and years of abuse of women as an adult. I don't think I even want to entertain this anymore because it's just silly. But like I said, it's silly because it's not about Brett Kavanaugh and it's not about women and it's not about any of that. Not 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 women in terms of um sexual assault. Because Democrats have proven that they don't give a damn about that. Otherwise Bill Clinton would be in prison now. Keith Ellison would be in jail. And uh Tady Kennedy would be underneath the damn jail for just for Chappaquiddick alone. Not to mention everything else that the, the brothers have done. So, it's not about that. It's about Donald John Trump, and it's about Roe v. Wade. That's what this is about. They don't want Donald to get his get his nominees through. His nominee through. He's probably going to have another pick coming up. Before he leaves office. And they don't want. Someone who is likely to assist. In the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That's what this is about. Anyway folks. Our time's up for tonight. We'll come back. Tomorrow. And I'm sure there'll be more drama to come. I want everybody to have a great night. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. You have been listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Good night folks.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.